Hello and welcome to the second proper episode of the 12 Shows of Richard Herring podcast. We're two shows down. It's ten shows to go. It almost feels easy to do now. To be honest, there's only nine more to learn and one more to write, so how difficult can it be? Can it be? And Lord of the Dancer Tea, which I did this year, I'm hoping is still in there. So it's eight shows to learn and only one show to write. I've written maybe 40 minutes of the new show, so, you know, we've got five weeks I think I'll take a little break. It should be fine. Uh, the first two shows, Christ on the Mic and Talking Cock, went well. Um, I had over 250 people into both. I think it's 256 in the first one, 255 in the second one. If we could keep that up all the way through, that would be marvellous. I think a few of them maybe a few a bit less than that. A few of them are selling well. I think if you want to come and see Happy Now, the final show, then do book ahead. Go to the LeicesterSquareTheatre.com or look at RichardHerring.com and you can find all the details for the tickets there but uh, this week coming up we have um the 12 tasks of hercules terrace and also someone like yogurt which i've furiously been trying to learn in the car as i've been driving around this morning i think someone like yogurt shouldn't be too tricky weirdly enough to learn uh whereas hercules i am fairly scared about uh, given i do also have to live a life and write some uh material and look, bring up a baby i think this week is where the challenge will start to get pretty hard. But, um, yeah, I've got through this podcast we'll hear. I did little uh, interviews with myself at the start and end of both the shows. I'll do a couple of little clips from the shows themselves where things went wrong or where, where things were interesting. There wasn't that much of either of that in the first uh, two, so I don't know how much actual footage there will be. And uh, I will discuss what I remember and what I think about these two upcoming shows, which you can come and see on Friday the 14th and Saturday the 15th. Uh, Hercules on the 14th and someone like Yoga on the 15th in some ways the best vegetarian show and in some ways the worst vegetarian show but it's someone like Yoga is the one that's sold the best on DVD and it's selling pretty well as well uh, so do book ahead if you want to see that one um, but the big problem uh, that I got as I got to the theatre and this may be mentioned in the pre-show interviews uh, is that there'd been a slight communication error between my management and the theatre and I've been given slots that are 90 minutes including an interval, supposedly, which is really not long enough to do most of the shows. Most of the shows are at least 90 minutes long. I was anticipating being given two-hour slots. Uh, a couple of the shows are two hours long. Uh, someone like Yoga and Hercules probably both both are and maybe uh, Hit and Stash as well. So I will have to contract them a little bit, which might not be a bad thing in the case of someone like Yogurt. Certainly, um, I've been listening to that. The first half of someone like Yogurt is like 80 minutes long, which is insane. I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, it is meant to wear you down, but boy, does it did it wear you down. So I think the stuff we'll be missing from that show will be... I, I think I'll cut down the Pope stuff a lot because it's just relentless... I think I say in the programme, I'm like not like a dog with a bone, I'm like a dog with a sponge trying to squeeze every last drop out of all of these routines. And the Pope one does seem just... Uh, goes on, and every time I think it's finished, it, it starts up a new bit. And I kind of admire the 2005 Richard Herring a little bit for his dogged determination. Probably the 2006 Richard Herring, because it's the, it's the tour version. But... Um, it is, uh, you know, it will be a blessed release, I think, to um, cut that down a bit. And I want to retain the, as much of the yogurt as possible, which will be the entire second half. And I think the other routines in that show are interesting. Uh, and maybe we'll talk about that later. So uh, I did have to cut a bit from Christ on a Bike um, for time. Excuse me for burping there, just had a coffee. Uh, and um, 
it was a bit I really wanted to do because it's a bit that I messed up when I recorded the DVD and um, so it wasn't on the DVD there's audio versions of it I have done it subsequently on Rich Chang's Meaning of Life so you can catch it on that I don't know if it's on the free version or the paid version I think it's episode 4 of Meaning of Life do check that that out it was a good show there's loads of free stand up there if you like my stand up um, so I'll do that for you now I think what I'm planning to do on the last show I kind of want to do an hour long version of Happy Now for the moment which obviously will be too short for the 90 minute slot so I think what I might do is um, do half an hour of stuff that I've had to drop from other shows, um, including this routine, probably, which is almost half an hour itself, uh, and then I'll have an interval, and then we'll do the show. I, I think I can sort of stretch, stretch my, my spot out to 100 minutes, including interval. So if you do come to the shows, go to the toilet quickly and buy your drinks quickly in the interval, and that means we can do more stuff. Um, but that is slightly disappointing that it won't be quite the full thing. And while I remember, uh, we are putting up the audios of all of these shows, or well, the first 10 of these shows, uh, for a very small fee, really just to pay the the uh, the money it's cost. It's, we've had to pay George the sound man to come in. Well, we haven't had to, but it seems fair. He's working for us. Uh, and there'll be some download fees. So we're not really trying to make much money out of this, though, of course, if lots of people do buy it, that would be lovely as well. Um, it, but um, you can... This is pretty good, and I hope you won't take advantage of this and not buy my DVDs as a result. Uh, but uh, the well, as you'll see, the shows aren't... Uh, these shows aren't the the entire shows because I have forgotten little bits. But yeah, if you go to gofasterstripe.com this week, I think you should find that Christ and the Bike and um, Talking Cock, the 12 shows versions, are up. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I'm quite impressed with how well it all came back to me, really. I hadn't really learned the second half properly. I kind of got a false sense of security after the first half, so coming back to me pretty quickly. So, um, so there were some slight problems in the second half of both shows, but only very minor. But it's amazing, really, how much it's... I did do some work on it, I'm not going to lie, but it's amazing how much the stuff has stuck in there. Anyway, this is the bit that... Uh, quite a long bit that got cut from the show, and uh, it won't be quite the same doing it without an audience, but uh, I would quite like to do it for you. When I did Christ on the Bike, I got a lot of complaint letters... Um, and they all quote the same bit of the New Testament. I don't know if there's a, a template letter at the back of the Bible so that people know how to complain. This one came from a woman called Angela Wilson. Uh, she said, death is certain, but the Bible speaks about untimely death. They, they, um, it's, it's written in the Bible, Galatians 6-7. That's not in the Bible, that's a 1970s video game. They can't, they can't quote video games from the 70s and 80s and think that gives them moral authority. It says, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sow, that shall he also reap. But if I reap what I sow, I sow jokes, so doesn't that mean when I die, God is just going to really take the piss out of me? Maybe he's going to put on a show called... Um, Richard Herring on a unicycle or something. I wouldn't mind. I'd be flattered by that. Surely if I can take it, if I can take a joke, then God can take a joke. He's very sensitive, God. That's what I'm learning from my research. Anyway, Angela Wilson sent me a list of some of the people who've mocked God in history and the terrible things that have happened to them as a direct result of that. Now, there's been 2,000 years of just the Christian God. You'd think in all that time, just by coincidence, some people have said some awful sacrilegious stuff and then just oh, something terrible would have happened to them straight away afterwards uh, so this is going to be a very long list this, this should take a long time let's see who she come up with so the first one is john lennon then in brackets it says singer i'm glad that they put the brackets there because uh, i wasn't sure who she meant until they put that oh, john lennon oh the singer john lennon oh thanks i'm glad they put that in uh, you know what he said he said the beatles were more famous than jesus it says lennon after saying that the beatles were more famous than jesus christ was shot six times 14 years later 
after he'd apologised. That's no good, is it? It has to be straight away. That isn't even mocking God anyway. That's just saying you're better than Jesus. God can't wait 14 years to exact his revenge. If he'd leant down from heaven and shot John Lennon as soon as he'd said that, then I'd be more scared. It, there can't be at any point, because I've mocked God at some point in the next 50 to 60 years, I might die. Because of these shows, I'm no longer immortal. That is no good. Uh, the second one is Tancredo Nevis. And then in brackets, it says President of Brazil. And you're glad the brackets are there this time, aren't you? Because you didn't know that one. You're all laughy-laughy when it was one you knew, but now you've shut up, haven't you, you hypocrites? Tancredo Nevis, who everyone knows, is the President of Brazil. During the presidential campaign, campaign, Tancredo Nevis said if he got 500,000 votes from his party, not even God would remove him from the presidency. Is this the best mockery of God they've managed to get? I mean, this is very tame stuff, don't you think? Sure, he got the votes, but he got sick a day before being made president, then he died. Bit more immediate with Tancredo Nevis, wasn't it? 14 years for John Lennon, Tancredo Nevis fast-tracked within a month. What did Tancredo Nevis say about me? He said he, you couldn't remove him from office, God. Did he say that about me? How dare he mock me? I can remove him from office, I'm God. Wasn't he just really using political invective? It wasn't really... Don't, doesn't matter, I hate Tancredo Nevis. I don't know why I created it. Kill him immediately. What about John Lennon? He's still alive. Remember he said he was bigger than Jesus. Forget about John Lennon. Put him to the back of the queue. That can wait. Kill Tancredo Nevis. Saying I can't remove him from office. That is much worse than whatever it was John Lennon said. I can't remember now. Do you want to worship a God who would do that? Kill someone for something as petty as that? Surely if I'd been God, a better punishment right, would have been to get Tancredo Nevis. He wanted 500,000 votes. I would have got him four 199,999 votes and then made him shit up in some slip up in some dog shit that would have been better wouldn't it that would seem an appropriate response for his arrogance but to kill him uh, the third one is Kazuza. he's a Brazilian composer singer and poet again you're glad the brackets are there I think this email might have originated in Brazil it's just a guess during a show in Rio while smoking his cigarette Kazuza puffed out some smoke into the air and said God that's for you that isn't even mocking God that's giving God some of your cigarette at worst, that is passive smoking. That is the worst you can say about that. He died at the age of 32 of lung cancer in a horrible manner. What the hell is going on with God? That's a massive overreaction. Is anyone thinking God's a bit thin-skinned about all this? What did Kazuza say about me? He didn't say anything. He was just offering you some of his cigarette. He was mocking me. I didn't hear all of it. I definitely heard my name mentioned. Kill Kazuza in a horrible manner. Is Tancredo Nevis still alive? Yes, he will kill Tancredo Nevis, obviously. Then kill Kazuza, sending smoke up to heaven. Don't. If anyone sends smoke up to heaven, I'll kill them. I'll have to kill all the Roman Catholics now. There are child killers walking around the streets. Nothing happens to them. Jimmy Savile dies peacefully in his sleep. Kazuza is killed. God is a prick. The fourth one, the man who built the Titanic. Could be bothered to Google that, find out who he was. I put a lot of work into the first three. I had to Google John Lennon, find out what he did. Turns out he was a singer. Put that in brackets. No one's going to have read this far. The first three have convinced everyone how right I am. Uh, the man who built the Titanic. After the construction of the Titanic, a reporter asked how safe the Titanic would be. With an ironic tone. Almost like the man who built the Titanic knew that the Titanic was going to sing. I mean, that's the sing. That's the only reason he would use an ironic tone. He'd say, at that point, <laughs> this won't make much sense now, but you wait a week or two, you'll see how amusing this is. I'll use my ironic tone. That's crazy, okay? With an ironic tone, he said, not even God can sink it. The result? I think you all know what happened to the Titanic. In that case, someone hasn't mocked God. They've mentioned him in a sentence. And what God has done to punish him is sink a ship with thousands of people on it, killing hundreds of them, not including the bloke who said that, who escaped in a life raft. So don't mock God or travel any trans transport designed by someone who mocked God. That's the new rule. Next time you get on a bus, do ask, excuse me, do you know if the bloke who designed this bus ever mocked God or just mentioned God or sent him any gifts in smoke or vapour form of any kind? That t Titanic story isn't even true. It's clearly apocryphal.
By the sixth one, they've started to make things up. That's not fair. This could be true. You can tell this is true by the way that all the no one in it has any name, and all the all the things that happened couldn't possibly have happened apart from that. It's definitely true. In Campanas, Brazil. Why doesn't God just wipe out Brazil? It would save a lot of time, wouldn't it? A group of friends, drunk, went to pick up a friend. The mother accompanied her daughter to the car and was so worried about the drunkenness of the friends. What, what do you think she did the moment? She, I mean, I'm guessing um, she probably said, don't get in the car with all those drunk people. That would be very dangerous. I'm almost certain. Let's have a... Let's have a oh, no, that's not what happened. Um, she said to her daughter, holding her hand, she was already in the car, my daughter, go with God and may he protect you. I think if anyone deserves to die in this entire email, it's the mother who lets her daughter get into a car with a drunk driver and then just says a magic spell over her to protect her. That's disgraceful. The daughter responded, only if God travels in the trunk, because inside here, it's already full. Slam! She's taken God down there, hasn't it? She's mocked him good and proper with her basic statements of fact based on volume and geometry. God must be furious. I mean, he is omnipresent, so technically he is in the trunk. But don't let that bother you. He's furious. What did that girl say about me? I couldn't quite hear because I'm in the trunk. What did she say? She, she, she said I was in the trunk. How dare she say that about me? This, of all, this is the worst mockery of all the six mockeries there have been of me in human history. This is by far the worst. This is the worst than what Tancredo never said. I couldn't believe anyone. I'm going to kill that girl, not immediately, because that would give evidential correlation that I'm definitely responsible. I'm going to leave her a couple of hours, then I'm going to kill her. How dare she say I'm in the trunk? I'm God. But God, you are in the trunk. Are you mocking me? You better not be mocking me. You know what happened to the bloke who built the Titanic? Nothing. And he didn't actually say that anyway. Don't mock me. Hours later, just hours this time, news came by they'd been involved in a fatal accident. Everyone had died. Even the people who said nothing about God being in the trunk, they were dead as well. Collateral damage. Don't mock God, mention God, travelling in a transport designed by someone who's mocked God, send any smoke to God, or travel in the car with anyone who has ever mocked God. That's the new rules. The car could not be recognised what type of car it had been. I didn't write this, by the way. Uh, the car could not be recognised what type of car it had been. If you're going to send out an email trying to convince people to believe in your religion, do make sure it reads like it's been written by a three-year-old writing in the second language that they've only just heard of the day before. The car could not be recognised what type of car it had been. I, I, I just got the inflection wrong, it makes sense. But surprisingly, the trunk was intact. Surprise! No, wait, hold on. Well, doesn't that mean that God was in the trunk? So the girl had stated a fact... God hates facts more than anything else. It's that the, that's the worst thing you can do is give God a fact. Maybe he thought they were playing hide and seek. She got him straight away. How did she do it? That's my problem with being omnipresent. He's a very petulant God. He killed a teenager for saying he was in the trunk when he was in the trunk. The trunk was intact, okay? The police said, this is what the police said. This, I'm imagining this is probably, I guess they got this from the police report. Uh, the, this is what they said. The police said this. There was no way the trunk could have remained intact. The police said that. That's what the police said. But do you remember from earlier in the story, the, the trunk was intact, do you remember? That's what makes it scary, because the police said there was no way the trunk could be intact, but the trunk was intact. There was no way it could be, but it was. The police said that. They, oh yeah, anyway, put this in the report, there's no way the trunk could be intact. I'll put that if you like, Sergeant, but my, my problem I have with writing in our official report is that I'm looking at the trunk now, and the one thing I notice about, the remarkable thing I would say about the trunk, is that the trunk is intact. I know it's intact, but there's no way it can be. That's what makes it incredible. Write that down. There's no way the trunk can remain intact. I'll write that down if you want, so you're the superior officer, but my problem with writing down there's no way the trunk can be intact when the trunk is intact is that that suggests to me there must be one way the trunk can have remained intact 
because the trunk is intact. Right in the report, there's no way. I will, but what if the report ends up in an email that gets circulated around the world? Everyone's going to think the Brazilian police force are idiots. Don't mock me. Right in the report, there is no way the trunk could remain intact. Have you written the car could not be recognised what type of car it had been yet? Is that in there? I haven't put that in yet. Well, write that in, word for word, the car could not be recognised what type of car it had been. My problem with writing down the car could not be recognised what type of car it had been, apart from the grammatical thing there. Uh, but the trunk is intact and there's no way the trunk can be intact. Is there, isn't the trunk of the car the one place on a car where the name and logo of the car are clearly displayed? So if the trunk is intact, why don't we just go and look at the trunk and see what kind of car it is? And then at least the mystery of what type of car the car had been will be so put in the report. I happen to know with this type of car, whatever type of car it is, that if there's an accident, there's no way the trunk can remain intact. To their surprise... You'd think they'd have been surprised when the trunk was intact and there's no way the trunk could be intact. That's what would have surprised me, the breakdown of basic physics. But the Brazilian police weren't surprised, but they were expecting that. They bought, that bored them. That happens every week in Brazil. There's a car accident, there's no way the trunk can be intact, but it is intact. There's a call come through, it's got to go, there's been a terrible accident, the car can't be recognised what type of car it has been, it's that bad. But I'm going to make a prediction, darling. The trunk will be intact. There's no way it can be, but it will be. I'll wager you 100 units of Brazilian currency that the trunk is intact. I'll take that bet, darling. If there's no way the trunk can be intact, then it, then it can't be intact. Well, if that happens, I won't be surprised, darling. I will be bored. To their surprise, inside the trunk was God. Hello, it's me. I do exist. I know it's a bit weird. Time to finally admit it with all the bodies of these teenagers lying around that I've needlessly murdered. But here I am. Hello, I'm real. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. To their surprise, inside the trunk, all the time, was a crate of eggs. I don't know what surprised them about that, because when you go out drink driving, what's the first thing you put in your trunk? It's, it's eggs, isn't it? Not just a punnet, crates, hundreds of eggs, more eggs than one person could eat in a lifetime, because you never know when you're going to get out drink driving, you want to make a massive, quant when you make a massive omelette or something, or a cake for all your friends. Do you think we should be driving around drunk with all these eggs in the car? Should we leave them at home while we're going out getting drunk? No, because I happen to know, with this type of car, not many people know this about this, all the safety features of this car in the trunk. They don't mention any of the literature, because it's not a good selling point. Most people want the safety features in the passenger seat but the thing is I always travel around with a huge quantity of eggs more eggs than anyone could realistically ever need so for me that was a good selling point if I'm in a fatal accident I want to know at least my eggs will be safe inside the trunk was a crate of eggs none was broken I mean they've literally over egged that so they just left there the trunk was intact that was enough it's like a child's written I mean uh I think, does that mean God is an egg? I think it means God is Humpty Dumpty. I think that's what it means. I wrote back to Angela Wilson and said, it's brilliant, out of all human history, you found six examples of people who've mocked God and not remained immortal. But let's look at the people who hung around with Jesus. Of those 12, 10 of them were his disciples. Of those 12, 10 of them were either stoned to death or crucified. So if you're friends with Jesus, you've got a five out of six chance of dying in a horrible way. If you mock him, six in 550 billion. I think I'll take my chances with that. Thank you very much. So hopefully I'll get to do that in front of an audience, maybe at the final show, we'll see if we get time. Uh, but anyway, here I am backstage before the first show at the Leicester Square Theatre. I'm nervous, I hope you enjoy it. Hello. Hey, we're rolling. Ready to go? Mm -hmm. Here I am, I am backstage uh, in my dressing room, which you may recognise if you have a backstage pass, uh, at the Leicester Square Theatre, and uh, I am just getting ready to do the first show, Christ on a Bike. Uh, surprisingly nervous. What I'm doing uh, to give you some... Background is I'm on the Leicester Square Theatre ticket site and I am keep on refreshing to see if I've sold any more tickets. Uh, it went down quite a lot suddenly, about 12, and then now it's stuck at... There's uh, 138 tickets left to sell, George. George, the sound man's here recording it. He's, he's the only one of the team who's come. We needed sound 
Uh, and, you know, hopefully it will all be all right. You know, there's no reason why it should go wrong. Uh, and I've been uh, sitting backstage just basically um, with my phone listening and re-listening to Christ on the Bike. I think this is... Uh, but, uh, there it is. There's me. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to admit to you, I'm not actually the new this is, Messiah. That's the end of the show, which I don't really know. I've done, I've done a few previews of this show. It came back quite easily. The whole... Uh, the bit that everyone thinks is difficult seems fairly in there, which is the genealogy of Jesus. We'll see if that goes right or wrong. Um, the the end bit I've never really said out loud. I've just sort of said it a couple of times to myself now. I mean, I've said it out loud years ago. Uh, so I think it's going to be all right, but I'm surprisingly nervous about it. We've sold about 230 tickets, I think, which I'm pleased about. Um, my, may have gone up slightly. 29 people have currently bought tickets for all the shows and get a T-shirt. Um, whether they come to all the shows is another thing. Maybe I should not give them a T-shirt if they don't come to them all. I don't know. So it's you know, calm before the storm. I don't usually feel nervous before gigs, and I feel quite nervous even before this one. And this one, I think I know. I'm not even thinking ahead to next week because I don't know those two shows at all. Talking Cock tomorrow, feeling okay about. Uh, I've just found out that we're meant to have a 90-minute slot for the entire show. I thought that they knew I was doing two halves uh, and there would be an interval. So most uh, most of these shows are at least 90 minutes. Um, and uh, so that makes things a little bit diff difficult. But uh, I was planning to cut a bit from someone like Shog anyway, which is much too long, even for the slot that I thought we had. Um, so, yeah, and so that, that's it's all just getting ready to go. I've got a suit on, I've got my sandals on for this show. Uh, keep on just hoping I haven't forgotten something, which I'll suddenly, I forgot to have a glass of water on the stage, which I need for one of the jokes early on. I'm pretty certain there's some stuff's going to go wrong towards the end. But hopefully I can get through the first bit. We will see. I will come and talk to you again at the end. And find, have you got any questions, George? No? It's going to be quiet. Uh, so George will let us know how it's gone as well. He'll give an honest appraisal of the show, which he'll record secretly. <laughs> uh, in a secret, with a secret sound code on it. Only sound people will be able to hear. Let me just check and see if I've sold any more tickets since the beginning of this chat. chat. Um, not sure it's refreshed yet. Hold on, it's in the internet's going to be slow. Oh, here we go. It's refreshed. One more. We sold another one. There's 137 available. This could be it. There's still 15 minutes to go. It could be a sellout. Thank you. That'll do. Well, we always got a bit of walk-up because 256 people came uh, in the end, or at least bought tickets. So it went up a little bit further than that. And the show was good. I'm really pleased with it. It's amazing how it sort of has mainly come back to me. I'm standing on stage thinking, God, I don't know what's coming next. They're nearly always, apart from a couple of little mistakes... And nothing really amusing to, to show you from this one. I'm sure as we go on, there'll be some good, better outtakes. Uh, but the bit that everyone thought would go badly went okay, which is, of course, the genealogy of Christ, until I started to add a bit and then it went wrong. And just a little extra treat, we'll put that in for you, though it's not as impressive without the screen behind proving that I've got everything right. But just, I did get everything right, so that's just assume that. Or read along with your own New Testament. Turn to page one of the New Testament and you'll be able to join in. Can we take the New Testament as gospel? Well, I, I'm not certain we can, because the gospel writers not, right, not only contradict each other, they openly contradict themselves. This is the very first page of the New Testament, the math gospel according to Matthew. You know it's the Abraham, Begat, Isaac, Isaac, Begat, Jacob, all that, Jacob, Begat, Jesus, his reverend, and so This is surely the dullest opening page to a book there has ever been. Even as a six-year-old, I knew you have to grab your readers with the first page. The men of Fies were in a much better beginning to this when they've got people in then you could have gone through imagine being Matthew's publisher being greeted with this it's a great book Matthew there's some amazing stuff 
in here. The, the birth scene is so, all the kings, the star ten foot above the ground. I mean, it's so cinematic. We can sell the film rights, no problem. The miracles, walking on water, it stretches credulity. Somehow you get away with it. The death scene, so poignant. Then, then the twist, he comes back to life. I did not see that coming. Plus, room for a sequel. It's fantastic, right? I would go as far as saying that this is the greatest story ever told. I'm not even joking. I've got one problem with the entire book. What's the problem? Just the first page. What's wrong with the first page? That's my favourite page. It's just in the book trade, Matthew. You have to grab the reader with the first page. They're going to pick this up in the airport, decide if they, if they want to buy I mean, it's just it's a bit boring. It's a bit repetitive. I mean, it's shit, Matthew. It's shit. I mean, begat. Is that even a word? I know, I don't think it is. If it, even if it is a word, it's bad grammatic style. Just keep on repeating the same word over and over again. You have to come up with some synonyms. While on the subject, you shouldn't really start sentences with the word and. But it's, you know, we can work this out. And I'm not changing it, mate. This is what, the reason I wrote the book, to get this bit in. This is my favourite bit in the book. If you don't put this in, you can't have the rest of it. Well, I can't print it with this. It's, it's, well, you can't have it then. Begat you, mate. Begat off. You're a, you're a begatting begatwit. You, you do know begat definitely doesn't mean fuck, right? Because if it does, this is the greatest opening to a book I've ever seen. So, um, we've had some fun now. We've had a bit of fun. We've had a bit of fun with the first page. Of the new... There weren't publishers in those days, as we understand them. They didn't have, there weren't airports or cinemas. It was just a crazy, it was a crazy skit that I made up. It could, and we all laughed at it all the way through because it was so funny. Funny, but I, we, I want to bit point out, there, there, I've, I've pulled all over your eyes. The reason this is here, it's mentioned right at the top, and I, I didn't draw attention to it. Uh, it's the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. What Matthew is doing with this, he's showing that Jesus is directly related to David and Abraham. That fulfills Old Testament prophecies and proves that he is the Messiah. So, jokingly, it looks a bit boring when you don't know that. When you know the facts, why it's there, you can see this is actually a very, very important part of the New Testament, because it proves uh, Jesus' divinity. And when you know that, I, th I think it is an important passage of the Bible. Joking aside, we should all respect it. I think, it's, I think it's so important, I think everyone should know this off by heart. Uh, I know that I do. It goes like this. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Phares and Zara of Tamar, and Phares begat Ezron, and Ezron begat Aram, and Aram begat Aminadab. And Aminadab begat Nathan, and Nathan begat Salmon. Come <laughs> Come off it, a man named after a fish. That could never happen. And salmon, we got booze of Rahab. And booze got over the roof, over get Jesse, and Jesse we get David the king. And David the king we got Solomon, of her that had been the wife of Arias. Naughty. And Solomon begat Reboam, and Reboam got Abia, and Abia got Asa, and Asa begat Josephat, and Josephat got Joram, and Joram got Ozzyus. That's the only Australian in the entire Bible, by the way. Ozzyus got Jotham, and Jotham got Achaz, and Achaz begat Ezekiel, and Ezekiel got Manasseh, and Manasseh begat Amon, and Amon begat Josias, and Josias begat Jaconius, and his brethren, about the time they were taken away to Babylon. Now, they've been quite precise up to there. Can't be exactly clear what time. That could have been either end of the weekend. And after a port of Babylon, Jaconis begat Salathan, and Salathan begat Zorobabel, and Zorobabel begat Abiyad, and Abiyad begat Eliakim, and Eliakim begat Azor, and Azor begat Sadok, and Sadok begat Achim, and Achim begat Eliad, and Eliad begat Eliezer, and Eliezer begat Mathan, and Mathan begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. And that is the. Don't applaud that. I haven't got a job. And uh, the. Uh... <laughs> Look, this is probably the last time I'll ever do this show, so I'm going to come clean finally with this. There is, um, there's obviously a trick to that, right? I couldn't just learn that like that and then remember it years later. That would be insane. There's a, there's a trick to doing that. I, I, 
We'll just keep it between ourselves. There aren't that many people in. Um, you could do this yourself if you want to impress your friends, if you've got friends that would be impressed by that, Trevor, I'm guessing. All you have to do uh, to remember this is, is remember the very simple acronym. Abby, Ibja, Jibja, Baj, Papasot, Abbi, Ribaba, Banamba, Saspa, Bora, Bora, Obja, Jibja, Kanta, Kumso, Fubtu, Uaspra, Ribaba, Bajaj, Bajaj, Bo, Obja, Jibabi, Edman, Babaja, Jibja, Bat, Tukat, Bartwub, Tubjubs, Asbazaz, Babi, Ribabs, As Babi, Edman, Bajaj, Budge, Toma, Wubbage, Wickerka, and. Once, once you've got that, it's, it's easy now, because I don't know if you, those are the. It's like that's the first letter of all the words, so it's just... I mean, it's a cheat. It sort of cheapens it when you know how that it was done. But we, uh, we had a lot of fun, though. No, we had a lot of fun there with the first page of the New Testament. Remember when I did the sketch about the publisher that we all laughed at that? And then remember when we did the acronym? That's literally just happened. Just an agony. <laughs> but, uh, joking aside, look, there, there's a serious reason this is here. I, I do want to make this clear. This is holy gospel. Some people, this is sacred. I don't want to mock people's beliefs. The reason this is here, we're, we're showing that Jesus related to David and Abraham, fulfilling Old Testament prophecies, proving Jesus is the Messiah. And when you know the truth about it, when you, and I'm all about facts, and when you know the facts, you can understand why Matthew would put that on the first page of his book. It was a good idea to do that. Until you remember the fact that uh, Joseph, don't know if you, his, his name's quite near the bottom here, there, Joseph. There he is, Joseph. Joseph, he isn't Jesus' dad, is he? In the, in the very next paragraph of Matthew, he goes on to explain that Mary was impregnated by the Holy Ghost. So if Jesus isn't related to Joseph, he isn't related to any of those people, all the names of which I know off by heart. Four fucking days that took me to learn. That was just for the acronym, which didn't, didn't even help. It made it more confusing. Related to any of them, he isn't related to Joseph or Jacob or Nathan or Elise or any of Egypt or Sadok or Azor or Elikim or Abidus or Babylon or Athar or Jaconius or any of his brethren or Josias or Amon or Marcellus or Ezekiel or Achaz or Jotham or Ozias or Joram or Joseph or Asa or Abi or Abom or Solomon or David the shitting king or Jesse or Obed or Booz or Blinking Rakab or Samuel or Nathan or Midab or Aram or Ezra or Pharaoh or Judas or Jacob or Isaac and especially not fucking Abraham. He's not related to any of them. There's a mistake on page one of the New Testament. Matthew is so pleased with himself for having fulfilled two Old Testament prophecies, birth of a virgin, relationship to Abraham, plus for having come up with such obvious joke names as Zorobabel, no, Zorobabel, or, and Booze of Rakab. <laughs> Nobody in the world is called Booze. That is not a human name. No one ever has been, no one ever will be, because booze is not a name you'd feel comfortable giving to a tiny baby. It would seem somehow inappropriate. You look booze up in a naming dictionary. Oh, for some reason they haven't put booze in this naming dictionary. The reason they haven't put booze in there is because booze isn't a name. It's got no business being in a naming dictionary because it's not a name that anyone would have. Even Paulie Yates wouldn't have called her children booze. She loved the stuff. Chris Martin would have gone, Gwyneth, I think that's too far. I mean, apple, fair enough, but we can't name her after a, a fermented fruit, just a fruit. Be, people will take mo mocker for being called. No one's called booze. No one ever will be called booze because booze is not a name and no one will ever be called it ever. Just imagine there was one person called booze. I know it's impossible. Just imagine it. Imagine it harder. You're not imagining it all. Imagine it hard. Let's say 
Um, I don't know, maybe both parents had simultaneously fallen mentally ill. The vicar at the christening was on crystal meth. I know it would never happen. Just pretend it happened. It wouldn't be necessary to differentiate that booze <laughs> from all the other billions of boozes running around out there by pointing out that it was booze of Rakap. Just booze would be fine. People would know who you meant. You mean Booze, the man with the name that couldn't possibly exist. Hello, I'm Booze. No, no you're not, mate. I, I, I promise it's not a name. You don't exist. You're the man who was never born. I'm not. I'm, I'm Booze. Uh, rack. No one's being called. Let me put myself off now by ad-libbing that extra bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> It wouldn't be nice to remember everything. Oh, fuck, I don't know what comes next. Uh, so, imagine uh, Matthew's wife was, you can't put booze of Rakab in there, booze. People will know it's a lie. People know it himself. It's too obviously a joke name. It's like a name Keith Lemon would come up with something. You can't, uh, I'm going to put it in. Imagine if that's still in there in 2,000 years' time. How, how funny that will be if they keep. Because, well, the really funny thing is, Rakab isn't a name, name either. So that's what really is amusing. But page one of the New Testament, this mistake, just 645 pages to go. If you brought your New Testament with you, please turn to page two. So that's a nice chunky bit for free for you there. If you want to hear the whole show, go to gofasterstripe.com. You can pay £12 to get the first 10 shows, uh, audio recordings. You'll see, you know, you could tell from that there's a few little uh, screw-ups. Uh, there's a few bits where I don't know what's coming next, and you can tell, and that adds to the fun. I hope it makes it slightly different than the, the shows you may have seen on DVD. Uh, but I did pretty well. I mean, in that show, I think I, I forgot a few little bits in the second half. I've, uh, I think I might discuss that again in the uh, in this final bit. So I'll uh, I'll just play the out the interview I did directly after the show, and then we'll see what I said then. Then I won't have to repeat myself. Can you edit that bit out, Terry? Yeah, all that bit there. Just it was stupid. Okay. Uh, right, well, that's the first one done, um, and uh, feeling a bit knackered, but okay. I was very tired beforehand, because the baby's not helping matters, but um, and I'm waking up early. But yes, so I've nearly got everything in. I forgot a little bit in the first dream about saying I'm on my 30-speed racing bike, aerodynamic helmet, helmet like or shorts, little squeeze bo squeezy bottle full of Ribena lights in case I got thirsty later on. Uh, I was going to win this, and... And yeah, and looking over at Mary Madeline, I knew what I was going to spend the prize money on 30 pieces of silver standard biblical prize money, though I got that in later. Uh, and I forgot a bit of booze of Rakab, which is annoying. So I managed to get the everyone thought I would fuck up the genealogy, but that's the easiest bit of everything is just getting the arguments. It's slightly terrifying because I thought I knew the show pretty well, and I did know it pretty well, but I really don't know some of the others at all. So you know, the, your brain just sort of misses bits out and jumps around. So I, I, I had a list of the show, but I couldn't, what, what was in it, but I couldn't read it. It was too tiny. So I just had to, when I forgot, I just had to fight my way through. So if I got a bit of booze rack up, I forgot a bit of the biblical criticism and stuff, and I think maybe I missed something at the end. But I came in on time, and the annoying thing is the venue's only given me 90-minute slots in total. I thought that I was going to get two-hour slots and be able to do the shows at an interval. So I think some of the shows I'm going to have to cut down a little bit to fit into the into the slot, which is sort of good news because it means that I have less to learn but also slightly annoying because it means I can't do the full shows. Something like Some Like Sugar is a two-hour show uh, as it stands. Um, but very nice audience, couple of hundred plus. Um, met a few other people who are going to come to the, all of the shows and uh, there's 29, I think, so that should number should stay the same, hopefully. 
but yes, I'm happy to have got one down. I think tomorrow will be okay. Next week, I'm not sure about. We will find out. And I'll probably record myself doing the proper bit of Boozer Racket that I forgot. No one in the world, I'll do it now. No one in the world is called Booze. It's not a human name. No one ever has been. No one ever will be, etc. And if there was one person, just imagine there's one person called Booze, it wouldn't be necessary to differentiate that Booze from all the other billions of Boozers that are running around. You'd know who you meant. You'd mean the bloke with the name who couldn't possibly be this. Hello, are you, do you mean, hello, I'm Booze, Booze of Racco. Do you know Booze? What, Booze of Yes, Booze of Racco. Is it Booze of Racco? What other Boozers do you know? Even he doesn't exist. There's no such thing as Booze of Racco. There's a mistake on that. I need to lift stuff a little tiny bit. But it's annoying because that's the, that's, good, that's the best routine. Uh, but there we go. So um, you'll have to listen to the full show to see me mess it up. But they're very nice and lovely audience. I hope you will come down and uh, see the rest. It's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It seems to still be fun when I fuck it up. It's more fun, really. Uh, thank you to George for recording this. He's done quite well, unless you haven't ended up hearing this, in which case, oh, yeah, obviously, it's a disaster. That'll do. There we go, so show one done. And you know what, that's quite a lot of stuff. That's 36 minutes, 37 minutes of stuff. So I think I'm going to end this podcast here and then maybe tomorrow put together one for for Talking Cock in which I will also preview my upcoming shows. The 12 Tasks of Hercules Terrace, which is on, on Friday the 14th of August at the Leicester Theatre at 7pm and Someone Like Shoggart, which is on, on Saturday the 15th uh, at... 7pm. Uh, so go to LeicesterSquareTheatre.com uh, and you can find details of that. Go to RichChain.com if you are struggling and all the details are in my gig guide. Uh, and go to GoFasterStripe and you can GoFasterStripe.com and you can buy a download version of all of the first ten shows. So all the old shows that are already out on DVD. I hope you'll understand that I don't want to put out Lord of the Dance Settee because that's just about to come out on DVD and will be pretty much the same as the DVD, so I'd prefer you to buy the DVD of that one. And also with Happy Now, A, it's going to be a very um, work-in-progress version of the show, but also I'm going to, obviously going to tour that, so I don't want to blow all the routines just yet, though some of you will be familiar with some of them if you read my blog or my Metro column, I am sure. So, um, and at some point, though, those other two shows will surface probably on those DVDs of those shows. So if you want to support the, us by downloading those that would be lovely we might try and put them all on a, some kind of big DVD thing you can stick in your computer and buy at gigs uh, but I, you know it's, it's all downloads now isn't it granddad download it then you can have it and you can follow us from afar thanks so much to everyone uh, who has come along to see the show thanks for supporting us thanks for listening to this podcast and I'll be back later in the week with a podcast about Talking Cock and some early thoughts about the next two shows which I'm now going to go off and try and learn. Thanks, bye.